Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. What a great presence of the Lord that is in the house today. Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you, praise and worship team. And thank you, Brother Osborne, for that wonderful lesson this morning. That was a great message. If you weren't here, then you certainly missed out, but he did a, a great job, and, and um, there's just a sweet presence of the Lord in the house today, amen? How many are happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Growing up, my pastor used to say, he said, I'd rather be here in the house of the Lord today than in the finest hospital in the county, so... I don't know about you, but there's some truth to that. And uh, it's, it's good to be together with believers. It's good to feel the presence of the Lord. And the Bible tells us that we should not forsake those things, but we should gather together. We should come together. We should worship Him in spirit and in truth together as a church family. We should fellowship together. Amen? And even more so as that day approaches, and the Bible tells us that Jesus is coming soon. How many believes Jesus is coming soon? I had the opportunity last night, just by chance, there was a, a missionary that is actually in Ocala today, and we were eating out to eat, and, and he came in, and so we saw him. He's a missionary to Israel, and um, so he was just talking with us and chatting with us, and, and I was asking him about certain things I read in the news recently, prophecy and this and that, and I said, you know, is this true? Is it really? You know, the, he said, yes, absolutely. And he said, you know, there's always been articles and things that come out, and he said, but I'm over there, and he said, and the Jewish people, the rabbis, they are talking about these things. He said, so that's what makes this time different, is they're acknowledging it, they're talking about it, they're recognizing that these things are happening. So when we see that day approach, it's that much more important that we are faithful, that we are here, that we're together as a family, that we're prayed up, that we, that we support our pastor, our church, and the things that are going on in the church. Amen. So I commend you for that. I commend you for that. And I certainly, I appreciate the opportunity again to be here. I give honor to Pastor and Sister Boyd and praying that they are used in their service. They're ministering out of town today and pray that God brings them back home safely. Amen? Amen. But I do want to preach today, and, and if who will help me preach today? All right, I'm going to take you at your word. I hope you'll help me preach, and then, then we can all go get lunch. All right, so 1 Chronicles chapter 20. I'm going to read verses 4 through 8. I'm reading the New King James Version, 1 Chronicles Chapter 20, verse 4 through 8. The Bible says, Now it happened afterward that war broke out at Gezer with the Philistines. 
At which time Sibekai the Hushathite killed Sippai, who was one of the sons of the giant, and they were subdued. Again, there was war with the Philistines. And Elhanan, the son of Jair, killed Lamai, the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, the shaft of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. Yet again there was war at Gath, where there was a man of great stature, with twenty-four fingers and toes, six on each hand and six on each foot. And he also was born to the giant. So when he defied Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimea, David's brother, killed him. These were born to the giant and Gath, and they fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. By the help of the Lord, I'd like to speak on this thought today, the legacy of victory, the legacy of victory. Why don't we just ask that God would anoint his message today, that he would speak to our hearts. Jesus, thank you for what we have felt in this place. Thank you for all the songs that have been sung, for those that are faithful to your house and here today. We ask that you would anoint your word, God, that it would go forth and that it would stir up the faith in our hearts and encourage us in Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be seated. If we were to choose a few words to describe the current time and season that we live in, I believe that anxiety would be at the top of that list. Words like fear would be at the top of that list. If you read studies, you'll find that more people in this day, in our day, more people are reporting mental health stress than in times past. More people are stressed out about the circumstances in life, about the discouraging reports in the news, about the things that are happening in the world around us. As I mentioned, certainly, Jesus is coming soon. And because of that fact, we are going to see the climate get worse and worse in our world. There's economic stress. Has anybody felt the economic stress at the gas pump? Feel the gas, the the stress at the gas pump. The utility bill seems like it is skyrocketing, even though you've kept the thermostat at the same temperature for the past five years. It just seems that all of a sudden it's going up. Food prices are, are out of control and And if you're in the construction industry, it's hard to get your hand on materials. It just seems like everything is out of control. There's economic stress. And on top of that, stress still lingers from the pandemic that we just came out of. There's still stress from that. There's stress over the direction of our nation and stress about our children dealing with the issues in modern education. Some of the stuff they're teaching in schools today would just blow your mind. It's almost, you can't imagine, it's unimaginable the things that are being taught in the classroom. So there are, there's stress over all these things. There is uncertainty in our time, in our day. Now Ecclesiastes chapter 3 states this. The Bible says that to everything, somebody say everything, everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. And then Immediately following that declaration, there is a, a, a list that describes the different seasons and the different facets of life that we go through. The Bible says there's a time to be born, but there's a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted. 
There's a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. There's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time also to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. A bad facet answers each good facet. The writer is reminding us all that though there are good times in life, though there are good seasons, there are good moments that we go through, the bad inevitably cannot be escaped. If you live long enough, you will quickly find out that times and seasons change. Can I get an amen on that fact? Whatever season you find yourself in, it's not always going to be that case. It will change. You will advance to another season in life. That could be a good thing, but it could also mean something else. It isn't always easy if you live for God long enough. We find that out. But in the same portion of Scripture, in the same area of Scripture, we are quickly reminded by given a glimmer of hope in seeing our great God as the master of all time. Ecclesiastes 3 and 11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He's made everything beautiful in its time. That means that there may be chaos. There may be fear. There may be anxiety. There may be economic stress. There may be physical pain in your body. But He has made everything beautiful in its time. So you can be in the middle of darkness. You can be in the middle of a trial or circumstance. But that doesn't matter because God can still transform that into beauty. God can take, as the Bible says, beauty for ashes. He can transform your fear into faith. He can do these things because He is God. He's in control. And He can recreate and make everything Beautiful. That's why no matter what we go through, no matter what we face, as 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9 confidently says, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Knocked down, but not out, in other words. Why? Because He's still God. He's still on the throne, and He is still performing the miraculous in this, our time. So in this time of uncertainty, this is a day of victory. Somebody say victory. It's victory over that anxiety that you feel in your life today. It's victory over fear. It's victory over guilt and condemnation that you feel Due to mistakes that you've made and the enemy has tried to drag you down and discourage you, you can have victory in this service over that feeling. Victory over sin and struggles that you face. Victory for our homes. Victory for our families. Victory for this church. 
now understand is that time. Today can be that day. Amen? So we've got to set the standard by faith. Because when we choose to be victorious, and victory is a choice, deciding to not just lay down and give up is a choice. Deciding to stand up and fight is a choice. And when we make that choice, when we decide that it doesn't matter what the environment is telling me in this moment, but I'm going to fight and I'm going to win through Him. When we make that choice, our victories, the victory that we can experience today, leaves a legacy. It leaves a legacy. Our victories have an effect in the moment. Obviously, they do. However, victories today reach much further than just this moment. They matter much more than in this current bubble and in this current season. Our victories have a far-reaching effect. They leave a legacy. Young David, we read in Scripture, he was just a shepherd boy. Barely any experience at all. But he couldn't believe his ears as the giant Goliath stood and voiced defiance to the people and God of Israel. As David walked onto that battlefield and he saw that massive giant standing in front of him, he couldn't believe what his ears heard. Goliath called out, he said, Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he can fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Goliath said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. As he echoed out these threats, as he called out uh, this defiance to the people of Israel and to the God of Israel, King Saul and the rest of the army hid in their tents, we read in the story. They hid in fear. This moment was too big for them. This moment was too dark for them to believe that anything would happen other than defeat. But in this moment, as David walked out onto the battlefield, he was just inexperienced enough to think that maybe this was an opportunity for victory. He's sort of like a new convert who just doesn't know better, right? Because they haven't experienced life. They haven't been to enough battles yet to see the defeats. They're just, they have a positive outlook no matter what. We look at them worshiping and praising in church, and we say, bless their hearts. One day they will figure it out. They'll be a seasoned saint like me, and they'll know that this is not the time to be happy. This is not the time to just rejoice in the Lord and lift your hands, but this is a tough day. This is a a tough situation, and and bless their hearts. They just don't know better. Anybody ever thought that? Uh Uh-oh, I I tricked somebody. No, he hadn't thought that. But that David was just dumb enough to believe on that battlefield that maybe we could win this fight. And furthermore than that, he thought, I don't need anybody else's help, but I will just step out, and I will do it myself. So David took his staff in his hand. He chose five smooth stones from the stream. He put them in the pouch in his shepherd's bag. With his sling in his hand, he approached that giant Philistine. 
The Philistine looked David up and down and almost an insult said, am I a dog that you would come at me with sticks? Goliath cursed David by his gods. David answered, you come against me with the sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. And reaching into his bag, taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine directly in the forehead. Come on, we know the story. David had victory over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. When the enemy saw that their hero was dead, they immediately turned and ran. The men of Israel saw their king. They all surged forward with a shout of victory. And the Bible says they pursued the enemy all the way to the gates of Gath. They ran all the way back to their country, back to their land, and pursued them to that area, took the spoils. You see, as Goliath, as that giant stood on the battlefield and defied God and his armies, the environment of that day indicated one thing, and that was defeat. But David, David understood the moment was right for a victory. Because you see, it doesn't matter what your surroundings suggest. You can experience victory. I'm here to tell you today that you don't have to be defeated. This does not have to be the end for you and your family. Come on, it doesn't matter what you're going through in this service. It doesn't mean you have to backslide and be lost. It doesn't mean you have to, to lose everything. No, you can experience victory today. This is not the end for you in your home. It's not the end for you in your life, in your family. But be encouraged in this moment. Whatever season you find yourself in today, I'm here to encourage you in the Lord and say that you can have victory. But guess what? You've got to be like David. You've got to say, I make that choice today. I make that decision today. It doesn't matter what my neighbor is doing. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks of me. It doesn't matter what the enemy has tried to whisper in my ear. I will stand up, I will fight, and I will win this battle in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody be encouraged in the Holy Ghost. Somebody stand up and fight in Jesus' name. Fight for your own soul. Fight for your family. Fight for your community. Fight for your church. Don't give up and don't give in. But experience victory in this service today. Come on, whatever the giant is in your life, whether it's a giant of health, a giant of sin, a financial giant, don't hide in fear. Don't hang out in your tent like Saul and the armies of Israel, listening to those threats and cowering in your in fear. But stand up today. Make the choice that I will experience victory in my life. Be like David. The Bible says that he ran after that giant. He ran after that voice and pursued his victory. Now David's victory... David's choice to stand up and fight that, in that moment and on that day, it would have a lasting legacy. It would have an impact that, that lasted far beyond just the, the immediate situation and the battlefield that he was on that day. 
Our opening text, 1 Chronicles 20, verse 4 through 7, tells of another Israelite victory over Philistine giants. The Bible says, and I'll read it again, it happened afterward that war broke out at Gezer with the Philistines, at which time Sibachai, the Hushathite, killed Sippai, who was one of the sons of the giant, and they were subdued. And again, there was war with the Philistines, and Elhanan, the son of Jair, killed Lamai, the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, the shaft of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. Yet again, there was war at Gath, where there was a man of great stature with 24 fingers and toes, six on each hand and six on each foot. And he also was born to the giant. These were of the lineage of Goliath, the same giant that David fought on the battlefield, the same one that that issued out the threats and that Saul and his armies hid against. These were the same family. Verse 7 says, So when he defied Israel, these same giants, Jonathan, the son of Shimea, David's brother, killed him. What's interesting about these victories is it shows that Israel could now slay giants without David. David was not present at these battles. David was not there. These men, these mighty men accomplished victories when David was finished fighting giants. You see, because David's legacy lay not only in the victory he accomplished in the moment against Goliath, that was meaningful, but his legacy lay in what he left behind after the victory. And that was a people prepared to fight. That was a people who knew how to win. David's triumphs were not only meaningful for himself, but they were meaningful for others who learned victory through and by his example. David's victory against the giant left a legacy. It left a legacy. First Chronicles 20 ends the chapter with verse 8, which reads like this. These were born to the giant in Gath, and they fell by the hand of David. They fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. David was not on the battlefield that day. David was not present for those fights. He may not have been there, but his fingerprints were all over the battlefield. The defeat of these four giants is rightly credited to the hand of David and the hand of his servants because David had a role in this victory through his example through his guidance, and through his lasting influence, through his legacy. Because every victory, understand this, understand this, every victory, no matter how great or how small, leaves a legacy. It's far-reaching. It goes much further than the moment you find yourself in. A legacy is a lasting impact. It's a gift that is passed down from generation to generations. It's far more than just the moment. I don't know if you have something that maybe to everyone else doesn't have any value, but it's something maybe that your family has passed down. I have. I never met my great-grandfather, but from, by all accounts, he was a, a great man. He was a, a church planner. They didn't, I mean, my great-grandmother didn't have a lot, but they, they spread the gospel. They planted churches, and, 
and my grandmother gave me his his Bible, and it's just an old, uh, wilted Bible. The, the The pages are so brittle, and they fall apart. You can barely touch it. And to you, it would probably not mean anything at all. It just looks like an old Bible. But to me, it's a legacy that's handed down. It's a reminder that hero Israel, the Lord our God, is one Lord. It's a reminder that baptism in the name of Jesus Christ is the only way to be baptized. It's a reminder that the infilling of the Holy Ghost is evidenced first by speaking in tongues and And that in order to make it to heaven, you must be born of the water and of the Spirit. Every time I look at that, it's a reminder that I've got to remain on course. I've, I've got to still stand for the truth. That's what that is. It's a legacy that was passed down because he was victorious in life, because he fought the good fight of faith. That is a reminder to me. So that's what a legacy is. It's a lasting impact. It's a lasting impact. And by every victory that we win, no matter how large or how small it may seem in the moment, what we do today makes a difference. As mentioned in the beginning, life is filled with times. It's filled with seasons. There's an ebb and flow to life and our battles. There's nothing new under the sun. If you like, if you think of, sports teams, specifically maybe boxing. I read recently where boxers will study an opponent. They will train and fight. And then the next fight that they have, when they're in the ring during the course of the fight, they will think back to tendencies that happened before in the previous fight. And they'll look for tendencies in this new opponent. And they'll adapt and they'll adjust accordingly. As the fight goes on, the boxer pulls lessons learned from the past. We're facing battles today that generations before us already overcame. We're seeing things in our life that are happening. Come on, you may be going through something today, but it's not a new struggle. It may be new to you, but there are people that have overcome that same struggle. There are people in this service today that can testify to you. If we went around and just started to share stories and and talk with each other, we could say, hey, brother, hey, sister, I've been through that before, and I've experienced that before, and you can overcome it because I overcame it. So you don't have to feel alone today. You don't have to feel abandoned today. There are people under the sound of my voice who have been through those same situations. So don't give up hope. Don't give up. Don't stop fighting because there is hope in battles that were won previously. That's why we've got to keep fighting We've got to keep pressing towards the mark of victory. Somebody say victory. Because our victories, the choice that we make today to fight and to win, is leaving a legacy again. While the legacy of victory, while the legacy of victory is far-reaching, it can also have an immediate impact. It can also have an immediate impact in this service. We think of the Great example in the New Testament, Paul and Silas, they were in prison. They were bound and tied. The situation did not exactly look victorious. Think to David. The environment didn't seem conducive for a win for Paul and Silas either, but they made a choice. And the Bible says about midnight, they began to sing and worship God. And as they 
did that, their bands were loosed on their hands and on their feet. And not only were their bands loose, but the, their, the neighboring cells, their bands were loosed. And, and the whole prison, their, everything exploded in a revival in the prison because two guys decided to have victory in the moment at midnight. Now I want to point this out too. The Bible says that their bands were loosed. didn't say that they were taken off. They had to make the choice then to take the bands off and to rid themselves of those chains themselves. God will only go so far in bringing you into his presence, but you've got to meet him at least halfway. His presence is here. The power of God is present to heal you to deliver you, to lift you up out of your depression, to lift you up out of your bondage, to lift you up out of your guilt and condemnation. His presence is in this service and willing to do it. Those bands are loosed, but you've got to make the choice to say, I see that they're loose, now I'm taking them off. So it's up to you on how far you want to go in God today. But I'm here to tell you that if you will reach out and fight today, if you'll experience victory in your life, you'll leave a legacy, you'll have an immediate impact, and it can change the environment. Every victory makes an impact. Every victory leaves a legacy, no matter the scope and the size. No matter how you perceive it in the moment, your decision to stand up and fight, your decision to experience victory, will leave a legacy. It doesn't matter how small it may seem in the moment. If you're familiar with the, the ripple effect of just a small stone, you ever, anybody ever skipped rocks on a, on a calm body of water? Everybody just taking a rock and just throwing it in there? Obviously, the big rocks make a splash, but so also do the small stones. You can take a small stone and you throw it in there. And beyond the initial impact, you see the ripples reach much further than that initial impact. That's how a decision to fight is. That's how a victory is. In the moment, it may seem like just a small victory. But I can promise you, when you step out in faith, it's making a legacy. It's causing waves. It's reaching much further than just the moment. So don't ever consider a lifted hand in service, an insignificant victory. Don't, don't, don't think about that because when, you, when you're going through trouble, when you're going through trial and circumstance and everybody around you knows it, but you lift up your hands and worship, you begin to abandon everything else and worship and praise God, you're teaching other people how to fight. You're leaving a legacy. There are going to be people later on down the road that go through problems, that go through trials and circumstance. And they're going to wonder, how do I deal with this? But then they're going to think back and say, I remember when they went through something. I remember when they were, when they were in trouble, but they lifted their hands in the middle of that situation. You're teaching that person how to fight. Come on, when you're, when you're faithful to prayer, when you're faithful to church, you're teaching your kids how to fight. You're leaving a legacy. Come on, that may seem insignificant in the moment. It may seem small in the interim, but I'm telling you today that it's causing a ripple effect. 
It's leaving a legacy that's going to reach much further than this moment. It's going to reach much further than this service. And you're teaching your family how to fight. Come on, when we don't have much to give of our finances or of our time, when it's tough economically in the household, but we give all that we have when we teach our families how to sacrifice. That may seem in the moment like a small victory, but we're leaving a legacy. We're teaching future generations how to fight. Come on, we learned from a cloud of witnesses how to fight, and we are in turn teaching other generations how to fight. That's a lasting impact. Like David, long after you have left the battlefield, your victory will echo for those still in the fight. So you've got to keep pushing. You've got to keep pressing towards victory. Amen? Now I stated at the outset that it doesn't matter what you're going through, that you can today. Somebody say today. You can in this service break through and experience victory in your life. I know it seems like a simple message, but I'm trying to encourage somebody today to make that choice for this service, for an immediate impact, but future generations that are depending and looking at you. For church members that are going to go through problems that are looking at you. We have confidence We believe that we can experience victory. We believe that we can get through this. We have confidence. No matter the battle ahead, because of His Spirit, it's not confident in our own might. It's not confidence in our own power, but it's by His Spirit. Come on, do you believe God can do all things? Do you believe God's a healer? Do you believe God can deliver? Have you seen God transform lives? Have you seen Him break the chains of addiction? Have you seen Him do what seemed in the moment like an impossibility? If you've seen it happen, then you can have today a confidence in His Spirit. Ecclesiastes mentions again times and seasons. Seasons of victory, but yes, also seasons of struggle. We serve an eternal God. And I'm here to tell you that God transcends all time and all seasons. God is never caught off guard. We may wake up in the morning and everything seems great, but as you begin your day, everything just falls apart. You get bad news. Trouble comes that you didn't see a mile ahead, but all of a sudden it's staring you in the face. Life has come at you hard, and everything has just fallen apart in what seems like an instant. And then we, in our our finite minds and in our humanity, can say, I never saw this coming. I never thought that this could happen to me and my family. I never thought that I would experience or go through this. But I'm here to encourage you and tell you that God is never caught off guard. God is never surprised by the circumstance. He's never surprised by what you're going through. He is fully prepared. He's fully aware. He saw it a mile away. Come on, that problem that you don't know exists tomorrow and Monday, God is already in Monday. 
two weeks from now, that trial that's going to all of a sudden pop up, God is already in that. He transcends all time and all space. He's not confined to our timeline, but God knows exactly what is going to happen. He's already there. Come on, that doctor's visit that's looming, God's already in the waiting room. When Job faced his trial, Job lost everything. Job was in the middle of turmoil. He lost his kids. He lost his house. He lost all of his possessions. And as Job sat there in his misery, as his friends betrayed him, as his wife betrayed him, as everything around him seemed to crash and fall down, when God finally spoke to Job, he said this. He said, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you then have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for God. In other words, Job, where were you at? You may not have seen this before, but but I've been around the block a time or two. I've seen trouble come and I've seen trouble go. There have been battles fought and battles won. I've never lost a battle, by the way, Job. So it doesn't matter what you go through or what you face. You may feel down in the moment. You may feel discouraged. But trust in this, my spirit, knowing that I have overcome all things. He's seen it all. Discouraged saint, he's seen it all. Saint who's struggling with sin and and depression and sickness in your life. I'm here to encourage you. He has seen it all. He's experienced it all. He has overcome the world. And that same spirit lives in you. And if it doesn't, it's available to you. So no matter the battle, no matter the circumstance, we can have victory. We can experience victory victory in this moment. If you would stand with me today. I want to again just encourage you as this service comes to a close. We all come from different walks of life, different time and different seasons of life. So some of us in this service may be going through an economic stress. Some of us may not be going through that. Some of us may be going through a physical battle. We're sick in body. We've got pain. We've received negative reports from doctors. Some of us may be struggling with sin. Some of us may have, uh, you know, messed up and we're dealing with guilt and, and condemnation. I don't know what it is, but there are enough people here that all of us are probably going through something. If you're not, well, God bless you. You know, this mountain won't last forever, but while you're there, enjoy it in Jesus' name. But I'm here to encourage you that in this service, it doesn't have to be just like any other service. It doesn't have to be like any any other day. But you can make the decision in your environment that you find yourself in to stand up and to fight, to experience victory in your life for an immediate impact but for a legacy that it's going to leave. You're going to encourage somebody down the road. You're going to bring revival to your youth group, to your church, by the decision you make today to fight.
So I wonder if as they get ready to sing, whatever you're going through, if you just could lift your hands. If you would like to come down to the front and pray, I want to invite you to come to the altar and pray. We'll pray with you. But let's just say, God, I'm going to fight today. I'm going to experience victory in my life. You know, sometimes losing, I'll say this, sometimes losing battles is contagious. I'm a sports fan, forgive me. But I, I, I'm, it seems like I'm oftentimes fans of teams that just lose. You know, I wish I was one of those guys that, I wish I was like an Alabama fan who just win all the time. And then when you lose, it's just a complete shock. But I, I seem to just be fans of just, sorry, no good teams. But I'm a faithful fan. I'm not a bandwagon fan. But, you know, you can develop a culture of losing. They say, don't let the loss this week. Don't lose the same game twice, they say. You lost this week, but don't lose again next week. Sometimes teams have no business losing the following week, but they still got a hangover from the previous week. We can get so used to losing so down in the dumps that we just get familiar with it. We just get so comfortable in a season of just defeat and loss. You've got to battle your way out of that. You've got to fight your way out of that. It's easy to get in your feelings and just say, I don't feel like it today. I'm tired. Life's been tough. I don't feel like raising my hands. I don't feel like fighting the good fight today. I just want to go home. just want to get on with life. just want to just get out of here and just do my thing. And that's fine if you want to do that. But it's your choice. But the loss this week could turn into a loss next week. And the week after that. And the week after that. I'm here to tell you, encourage you to fight beyond that today in this service. Push past that barrier somehow find it in you to lift up a hand in victory. Say, I'm sick and tired of feeling this way. I'm sick and tired of being down and out, but God, I want to experience victory. It could set a revival in this church. It could heal your home and your family. It could start a legacy of victory in your community. But you've got to make the choice today. You've got to make the decision in the service I implore you, we serve the God of all gods. He's the God of the universe. He can do the impossible. And you don't have to be defeated today. You don't have to be down and out today. He can break every chain in your life. So I encourage you, reach out and touch God today. Stand up and fight today. Don't settle for defeat. Don't settle for just an ordinary service. But reach out and touch the Lord. Come on, He's passing by this moment. He's walking down each and every aisle. Come on, he has broken those chains, but you've got to take them off yourself. Come on, somebody reach further. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 
2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.